is something I understand and I haven't completely got a grip on it yet. You know what I mean? But it's something that God's been kind of walking me through for since like June. The details of our lives are held together in such big hands. Big, 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 big hands. He's got them covered. Psalm 37, 23 is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Thank you, Patrick. 37, 23. Psalm 37, 23. Uh, We're going to jump into into the river today. You know what? Some of us may find trivial things bogging us down. Doggone it. The dog peed on the carpet this morning. And all of a sudden, the details of life become kind of hairy, just jumping off from that point of the day. You know what I mean? (laughs) That detail really makes me agitated. Some of you, sorry, Jim, your college team maybe lost yesterday, and all of a sudden, the rest of your weekend's messed up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, H. Very good. I told Rachel, I said, just for fun, I was going to split the, the church into quadrants and just go, oh, hey, I, oh, oh, hey, I. If you ever been to the, to the shoe, you'd understand what I mean. They go around the thing, oh, oh, hey, I, oh, oh, and it just keeps going. Oh, it's awesome. Anyway, sometimes it's something as trivial as those things, those details eat at us. Doggone it, that dog, that neighbor dog tore up my trash. Oh, God, why did you let that happen today? As if God, you know, motivated the dog. Go over there and tear up their trash. That would be a great idea. You know what I mean? But then it, we get, then it, co- it crosses over into bigger things. Like, should I take that job? Should we make that move? Should we buy that house? Where should I go to college? What should I do about my future? Jason and Mandy, maybe today the thought of what might happen in Engage's life as you dedicate him to the Lord, maybe today is an overwhelming thought of how God's going to work out the details of his life, what's going to happen. And then to have a mom, how amazing is it, have a mom give a testimony today about the grace and the power of God on a morning where we're going to dedicate children to the Lord. Oh, I love that. God's got the details covered. Folks, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Psalm 37, 23 says this. Look, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Man, that's amazing. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds holds them by the hand. Ever since June, I, have, I bet I've read that piece of Scripture every single day since the, since the first part of June. I'll bet I have quoted it to people more times than I know what else to talk about. I mean, I, it seems like every day I have a conversation with somebody. It has direct impetus. It comes, it comes from that the piece of Scripture right there. The amazing thing, here's something we know about God. He, is, he can order stuff. He can make things happen. He is huge. I mean, think about creation for a second, okay? The man is, he, the man, that's not even a good terminology. I, he's incredible. He can speak and suddenly things come together that were never together before. 
He can speak into nothing and create everything and put it in such order that life can exist. Scientists tell us if something just barely, like, like, like if the earth on its axis would just barely tilt one degree the wrong way, bam, life would cease immediately. And he's got such intricate ability that he can, and there's all sorts of those little dials that keep creation doing what it's supposed to do. And if just one of them gets out of whack, life, life ceases. And God is... He can take. He can manage stuff well. God manages the details. Think about Noah's Ark. God could come to Noah and go, "I want you to build a boat." And Noah's like, "What in the world is that? What is what what is, what is an ark? I have never seen one. I do not know how to make one." And God says, "Noah, let check this out, buddy." And He gives him exact dimensions, exact specifications, the exact type of wood to wood. And God can manage details. He's got details. Think of Moses in the tabernacle. He can give he gave Moses explicit directions. God can handle details. Overlay it this way. Build it like this. This tall, this wide, this deep, this river. He does all that, and he can manage that. But the amazing thing about this piece of scripture to me is the next is the second line. Not only does he manage the details, he likes it. You know what he likes? He likes causing your life to work out. He likes finding you pursuing his plan and his purpose for your life. And suddenly pieces and parts begin to come together. And the Bible says right there from Psalm 37, he delights in every detail of their lives. There's not one piece about your life he does not recognize. There is not one piece about your life he does not know about. And in the middle of it, but Aaron, you don't know all the details. I don't have to know all the details. I realize some details are difficult. I realize some details are harsh. I realize some details are very frustrating. I realize some details are are very enjoyable and I realize some details are exciting and I realize all that but God takes delight in the full because he doesn't see it like we see it he doesn't look at the, the one little piece the detail that's really frustrating right now he looks at that detail change to the next detail to the next detail to the next detail until the detail creates an awesome picture the Bible says we are his craftsmanship are you hearing me he is so beyond the one little minute detail that's at you right now He's already like six steps ahead. He's already looking down the road. He's already gone, okay, I got, okay, that's going to, and I'm going to put that, true, that's good. Woo, I like that. God delights in the fulfillment of those details. Some of you are frustrated about your job. I can't figure out why things are working out later. Listen, God's got that covered. Some of you are worried about what's happening with your, maybe you're in the same predicament Kathy was in a few weeks ago. What's going to happen with my child? Listen, God's got that detail covered. And he may do it unexpectedly. Am I right, Kathy? I mean, I think of Drew this week. You want to hear some other exciting news? The morning before I get to go meet with Christy and Brian, I get a call from Drew. Hey, man, give me a call. So I give Drew a call. I'm like, hey, do what's up? Remember I told you a few weeks ago he, he felt compelled to lay, lay off some time and some other stuff to help somebody else out? You remember me telling you that? You guys in here? Drew, what happened to that girl you've been talking to at work? She got saved this week. Now, that's not good enough. See, because if we were in the shoe and the Buckeyes had just scored a touchdown, we'd be doing something like this. Woo! And the whole place and the music would be popping. And the Bible says right now in heaven, when one person comes to know Christ, the whole place throws a party. See, that's not good enough. Are you hearing me? 
And I know that sounds crazy, but listen, it's much more important than a leather piece, a piece of leather crossing a white line in a huge stadium that's going to be forgotten next week because somebody's going to throw an interception and somebody's going to make a fumble and somebody's going to lose a ball game. This stuff is eternal stuff, and that's big time, and God's got those details covered. I wish I could, like, manipulate O-H-I-O into, like, J-E-S-U-S or something. I haven't figured out how to do that just yet. I'm sweating. Listen, and here's the thing. Some of you are trying to work out the details yourself, and you're kind of anxious even to let God have them. Let me tell you this. Even when you mess up the details, he's got that covered, too. Even when you get ahead of God, even when you get behind him and aren't walking quick enough and you stumble and fall flat on your face, he's still got that covered. Because the next part says, though they stumble, they will never fall. One translation says, though they stumble, they will not utterly be cast down. Now we're missing a really important point at this point because there's, a, there's a, like a prerequisite in the middle of this. It says the steps of the godly. So this, this promise I'm making to you right now only fits for those who've decided to embrace the person of Jesus Christ. Some of you may be sitting here today and you're just going to walk your own path. You know what? You're going to keep falling and falling flat on your face and you've got nobody to cover you. And sometimes God in his grace will cover you anyway because he loves you that much. But the covenant, he has a covenant with people who are walking with him that he, he, he has promised us, though we fall flat down, mess ourselves up, get into all kinds of trouble, he will uphold us by his right hand. Is that good? I can mess up, but I can't really mess up. Because it ain't on me to keep it from messing up. It's on him to keep it in the middle of the road. Are you hearing me? And I have messed up more times than I care to talk about. I, I can't believe how many times. I, I, I am so, I walk, I, I bet there are days I walk, I walk through life with like this big bruise right here. Right here. Because I'm like the V8 commercial, you know what I mean? At the, the drive through window, they order all that sloppy, cholesterol-ridden, greasy, whatever stuff. As soon as you get to the drive through window, that hand comes out, bam, you should have had a V8. Yeah, probably should have. Rachel and I ate a Cracker Barrel on the way home last night. And she's like, why am I eating all this? Well, I said, because it tastes good. She's like, but it's not good for me. I said, don't worry about that right now. <laughs> God's got that covered. <laughs> Even if you mess up. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Huh? <laughs> God's got it covered, man. Think about the book. Look, 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 look at the piece of scripture in Genesis chapter 12. There's this guy named Abraham. And that's, he, he'll work out the details. In Genesis chapter 12, God gives Abraham this amazing uh, promise. It's incredible. He says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. That's tough. You know what that says to Abraham? Life is about to change. And for a lot of you, even if I say those, that, 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 that nice six-letter word, C-H-A-N-G-E, all the, is that six letters? Yeah, that's six letters. I had to, sorry. 
Told you I mess up sometimes. All of a sudden, life becomes, oh, goodness, what the, who change, what the, who, what the, but I like my oatmeal with brown sugar. What do you mean we're out of brown sugar? You know what I mean? It just ain't breakfast without brown sugar, you know? Ah, you know, doggone it. Why did they change the operation of that traffic light? I like that sequence they had going on there at that intersection. Now I don't know when I'm going. I gotta, I'm in a hurry. What are they doing? You know, and all of a sudden, all these little things begin to, ah, and has God really got the details covered? Where is he going? I don't know. Oh, boy. And we're turning the corner, and I don't know. Ah. Are you hearing me? You know what I feel like? I feel like I live there where somebody's always changing the traffic signal operation. You know what I mean? You think you got it down, and you don't have it down. And here's Abraham, living a, Abram, he's living a wonderful life. Things are good for him. He's a wealthy dude. And God says, hey, pack up and leave it all, buddy. I wonder if Abraham got a little bit anxious. And God didn't even tell him where to go. He didn't say, listen, here's where, here's where you're going to end up. See, most of us freak out of that. We don't know where we're going to end up. I don't know where we're going to end up. Is that scary? Heaven eventually. I don't know what we're going to happen in the meantime. I can't even begin to describe that. Prayerfully, we'll end up like that place that Phil just described to us via the USA Today article. But we could. It's possible. I can't make any promises where that's concerned. I don't know. That freaks you out, doesn't it? It freaks me out. He gives him the instruction. He says, listen, you're going to leave your country. You're going to leave your relatives. I'll show you where to go and when to stop. Some of you are already saying, I'm getting tired of people telling me where to go. I've had enough of that already in my life. But here's, God always adds, whenever he gives us instruction, he always adds benefits. He's got some of those details covered too. He says this, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Wow, that's a pretty good bit of incentive and benefit, isn't it? Those are some good details. We like thinking about that. We like thinking about blessing. We like thinking about God's got us back covered. We like thinking about God's maybe going to give us some notoriety and some help. And, some, and those are good details, right? But often, and Abram, Abram starts off right. So the next verse says, so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. He's on a good path. If I could have found some, I'd have had some like footsteps right here. Well, as you guys walked in, you're like, where are those leading? You've already been freaked out. because What is Aaron doing now? What's the deal with the footsteps? And they would have led nowhere <laughs> except for like up the aisleway or something. You know what? Because we don't know where, it's going, where he's going. Abram doesn't know where he's going. God says, I'll just go. And I'll, so Abram starts on a good footing. Now listen, verse 6 and 7 says, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. That's a good word. That's tough to, to read. Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Moreh. At that time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you the land. I'll give you this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there dedicated to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now God just did what he said he's going to do. He said, to Abram, start traveling. I'll tell you when to stop. And so Abram shows up here at Shechem. I think that's the correct way of pronouncing that. If it's not, forgive me. And God says, hey, check this out. This is it. So Abram builds an altar. 
And then Abram decides to spy out the rest of the land. And then we get to verse 10, and things get kind of goofy. Verse 10 says, at that time, here's something really important. That word more, the, the scriptures always are, names are really important in scripture. The word mora there, it means to be an oracle giver. It means, uh, it means a place, a name suggesting a location for divine, a location for divine instruction. So here is Abram camped out at a place called Moreh. God said, I'm going to speak to you. He speaks about that place. It's supposed to be a place of divine instruction. And says, this is the land. And then Abram goes, okay, great. Let's go to an altar. He goes to an altar. They worship there for a little bit. And then Abram just keeps going. I don't understand. But he's like us. Because God will give us certain instructions, and we'll think we'll try and figure him out. Like, okay, God meant, I know he meant that, but maybe he, he really mean that. And, you know, I, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. So I think I'll just keep doing what I'm doing because, you know, to stop would really be silly because I really, there's nothing here yet. I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's going to be a house at least or someplace where I can lodge my sheep or something. There's going to, there's just, a, it's just a, there's a tree. That's it, God. So you couldn't really mean that. I don't, there's an oak here. I don't, and there's like one. And so I can't build a house with that. So can you really, and we start, don't we start doing that with God? Like, you can't really mean what you mean. Do you really mean that? And so Abram goes on. He builds a place. He was another altar between Bethel and Ai. You'll read there. And then verse 10 happens. And this is where most of life happens to us. At that time, a severe famine struck the land, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt where he lived as a stranger. Let me tell you, did God say, I'll tell you where to go, where to stop? Did he say that? Was Egypt ever in that instructional packet he got? God said, I'll show you the land, and God did, right? And then something, life takes a crazy turn. A famine shows up that nobody's planning on. And instead of allowing God to be the one who dictates what happens, Abram allows the famine, the circumstance, the situation, the thing, to begin to tell him what other details he ought to be concerned about. And on top of that, he's on his way there, and it's obvious that God's probably not really caught him there because you know what happens the next point? He starts conspiring how he cannot be an honest guy. My wife is really beautiful. And if I show up in Egypt, the king's going to want her. And so you know what? We've got to come up with a plan. I got to cover this detail. So here's what we're going to do, Sarah. You're going to be my sister. All right, Abram, what's that all about? That seems kind of weird, okay? And when the king comes, what we're going to tell him. And so, and all the king's guys are a little oogle-eyed over Sarah. Sarai, whatever, how you pronounce her name at this point. And he takes her into his harem. She had to really appreciate that, don't you think? I think, I think life at this point in Abram's family has just got really crazy would be like an understatement. I, I don't even know how. And then all these bad things begin to happen to Pharaoh. Because Abram's already trying to cover his own skin for having made a mistake. So he goes with this plan how he's not going to get killed. And then the bottom falls out of the, the, the plan because for Pharaoh because plagues and all sorts of things see God had Abram covered you see what I'm saying even though Abram did, went further than God told him to go he allowed circumstances and situations to get Abram to go someplace God never put on the map he messes up and lies and does all sorts of things and God says I got these things called plagues I will fix the problem okay Abram and I'll get you your wife back. Things will be good. Because he was never going to get Sarah back. I don't know what. He never followed that through to fruition. Because when, you know, Pharaoh's not like going to give her up. And she's the, she's the womb, literally, through which the blessing's going to come. And Abraham gives her up to Pharaoh. 
Like he ain't going to, like Pharaoh's not going to fight about this. You know what I mean? I mean, just, and we do that with God. We try and, okay, but we never really follow all the way to the end. And God says, I got it. I got it. And so in verse Read the rest of the chapter. Listen here. Verse 12, verse 17. But the Lord sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh. What have you done to me? He asked, he, he asked Abram. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why, you, why did you say she was, my, she was your sister? Allow me to take her as my, and allow me to do that. Why did you let me do that? The funny thing is, even in the midst of Abram's mess up, God's blessings still rest upon him because not only does he get his wife back, he gets a bunch of other stuff. It's crazy. So when I say God's got it covered, I'm not saying your life's going to pan out like this. You may make a mistake, and there may not be as much blessing left in your life out of that. But God will have worked the character of Christ more into you, and that will be a blessing all by itself. You see what I'm saying? But God had him covered. And then he says, this was the same. He goes back to Bethel and Ai, where he had camped before, back in the place God told him to stop. And he builds another altar there, and he worships there. God had it covered. You know what? I would like to tell you this is the last time Abram took control of the details himself, but it's just not. And for most of us, God's going to give us a detail, help us work some things out, and we're going to try and fix it again by ourselves anyway. And you know what's going to happen? God's going to say, I got that covered too. Are you hearing me? Because he's bigger than that. See, remember, your life is just this. And God's hands are like that. And so even if you fall, even if you jump. Oops. <laughs> Don't jump. <laughs> He's got you. The book of, in the book of Psalms, uh, he, he, loses, he, he travels. He, you guys are ahead of me, man. You guys are doing so good. Thank you, Travis. You are the man. In the book of Psalms, there's a passage of Scripture that kind of reminds us of this. God's got our details covered. God's got our lives covered. He takes delight in the details of our lives. And even if we mess up, he's got us. Look at this. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself, I think that's really important. He's not, he's not just sending some uh, assistant. He's not just sending some, some, some employee. He's not just sending some kind of you know, subordinate. He... he, he the Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you day by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm, and he watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go. Both now and forever. Oh, is that good? As you come and go. David writes in Psalm 139, I can't get away from you, Jesus. Where, where I go, there you are. Where I go, God, you've got me covered. He's a man who chased after God's heart. So where does that leave us today? Where does that leave us in this moment in time? Where does that leave us at this, this particular place in our lives? Let me t- tell you something. Think about the, the whole point of contact here for us is the person of Christ. Because the first phrase that we read still was true, that God orders the steps of the godly. How many of you are godly? Okay. How many of you are perfect? Let me put that, let's, let's, let's rephrase that. Some of you, some of you deep 
theological Christian types who are like a step ahead of me. I get it. I'm godly because of Jesus. I, you know, that's what, that's what I was getting to. None of us are godly. I mean, none of us are perfect. None of us have got it all together. None of us see the beginning from the end. None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. None of us, in that realm of being godly, none of us, none of us here are going to probably make it through the most of us here are probably going to make it through the day without some sort of temptation at least, and maybe even some kind of sin issue afflicting our life. Am I right? So in that realm, we're not godly, right? So how do we get there? The, problem, the way we get there is through the person of Christ, the person of Jesus, who was perfect, who was sinless, who faced all the temptations we faced, who went through all that. But you know what's amazing about this? Is God had the details covered for him before he got here. God puts, a, I mean, you read the book of Luke, and God put certain pieces of the puzzle together so that certain fulfillments of Scripture, that God moved an entire empire to ensure that Jesus was born in a little town called Bethlehem, okay? It took him to move the entire nation, the entire empire to make that happen. He, 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 he had to do some other things with another king named Herod who was trying to kill boys to make sure a prophecy about Jesus coming out of the land of Egypt could come to fruition. God's got details covered. He took great delight in seeing to it that Jesus' life was all that it was supposed to be. And the Bible tells us we are joint heirs with Christ. So the same delight that God works worked in the, in, in, through the person of Christ and put details together, he is working on our behalf to put the details together. Are you hearing me? You know what? God even was involved in the process of making sure a guy named, named, uh, what was his name? What was the high priest's name during Jesus' time? Caiaphas. He was there so he could be really silly and make sure Jesus got crucified. Now, I know that kind of fries, I mean, God was like involved in a, yeah, he absolutely was involved in a crucifixion. I read, I read this thing, was Jesus involved in the own conspiracy to kill himself? He absolutely was. He was involved in it from the beginning. Lord, here am I. Send me. God, I'll go help him. Let's work this thing out. Let's put these details together. We got it. And so for us even to figure that something like that horrible, that negative, God could be involved. Yeah, he was. He's got it covered, though. Because his plan was not to stop at the crucifixion. His plan was to see it through to the resurrection. And he's not even done yet because there's this other thing coming called the second coming. When we'll all be joined together with Jesus. And all those have gone before. So we're still in the middle of the story. Yeah. And so if he's covered those details, he's got these details covered. And we're entering to his plan. So that means he's got your, your life covered too. So what now? First of all, give yourself to Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, not a truth, not a life. He is it. And so the way to start on this path of being sure the details are covered is to give yourself wholeheartedly to him and say, God, whatever you want, whatever you're requiring, I will follow you into. The other thing you need to do is give the details to God. Don't try and manage them yourself. Like Abram, you'll find yourself in Egypt. Like Abram, you'll find yourself with an illegitimate son. Are you hearing me? Trying to manage the details yourself. Did God have it covered? Absolutely. In both those situations, God had it covered. Am I, am I right? But if you try and manage them yourself, you're going to mess up. You're always going to mess up. Give God the details. When you do, recognize he's got you covered. Give over the anxiety of what's going to happen with the details. Some of you don't try to manage the details, but you get anxious about how the details are going to happen. (laughs) 
I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Give over to details. Give over the anxiety. Give in to God's delight. Become soft in God's hands that he can work out the details. You know what else I want you to do? I want you, I want you to give up your mistakes. For some, some of you right now sitting in this room, you thought you've really messed something up. How is God ever going to fix that? How is he going to take care of How is that going? I really goofed it up so bad. I don't. Listen, Psalm 37, 24 is still true. Though you stumble, you shall not utterly be cast down. He will uphold you with his right hand. You've got to give yourself to Christ. You've got to give yourself over to the plan and the program of God. He has the details covered. Absolutely, 100%. We've started from point one. God has the details covered. We'll jump off into point two next week about how we find out what his details are. How we let him direct the, the details. All right, are you with me on that? Just get to point one. God's got him covered. Mess ups and all, he's got him covered. Frustrations and all, he's got him covered. Are you with me? God's got it covered. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got me covered. Now tell him, God's got you covered too. Stand up with me.